How's everybody doing this morning? It is uh, rise and shine time. Uh, Wakey bakey. Um, Anyway, it's morning when we're doing this live here on this 21st day of August 2023. We're in Philippians chapter 3, going to finish up Philippians chapter 3, maybe even take a little peek into the beginning of Philippians chapter 4 this morning, we've spent a few days now in chapter 3, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of finalize our time in chapter 3 uh, here this morning. Um, <clears throat> there's so much here. I mean, at least for me, and I'm trying to model for you how just to work your way through the passage of Scripture and say, Lord, what do you have for me? How do you want me to live? So uh, 
here it is, Philippians chapter, did I just say August? I want to go back. I want to go back. Fran just said, I said August. It's September 21st. Did I say August? Oh, my. Yeah, time is flying by. Almost October already. How about that? Well, uh, Philippians 3. Um, We're going to pick up uh, around verse 12, uh, where Paul talks about straining ahead. He said, not that I've already obtained all this, all this power, all, all, all that God has for us in the resurrection. Not, I've already, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Uh, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And that's where we pick up this morning just the idea of our present pursuit because of the future prospect. I think that's the title that I gave to today's uh, today's message, today's lesson, today's teaching. Uh, we, we press on. Uh, Paul said that. I, I, I press on. In fact, look at verse 13. I strain toward what is ahead. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus for you, for me, whatever it is to lay behind you the failures of yesterday. Maybe you need to go to God and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for my attitude. Uh, God, forgive me for my thoughts. God, forgive me for my words. God, forgive me for my actions. Whatever it might be, uh, God says, if you come and you confess, I forgive and I cleanse. First uh, John 1, 9 tells us that, whether it's this morning, whether it's yesterday, whatever it might be, or the failures that hold you back. Sometimes we find ourselves feeling boxed in. I'm just a failure. I'm just I'm just a disappointment. I'm just no good. I'm just those are all lies from the enemy, my friend. What is God's truth about you? What is God's prospect for you? What does God hold out to you? Now now Paul has just in this chapter outlined all of his accomplishments, just outlined all of the the great things he had done. He says, I count that all rubbish. So it doesn't matter whether it's all the good stuff or even all the bad stuff. You, whatever it is, you just say, I'm going to lay it all aside and keep chasing after Christ, keep pursuing Christ, keep straining ahead uh, to, to know Christ, keep straining ahead to become like Christ. And He said in verse 14, I press on toward the goal. So the words straining toward what is ahead, that, that indicates effort. Pressing on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, to press on. Friend, this morning, press on. Press on. Press on with, with, with the strength of Christ that is at work in you. Remember what we read back in chapter 2? Let me take you back there and remind you of what it says in chapter 2 and verse 13. Here it is. 
put it up on the screen. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. God is at work in you by his Holy Spirit. You and I are not doing this alone. We have him at work in us. We go back to chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ. Friend, do not be confident in your efforts. Do not be confident in your righteousness. Do not be confident in your good works. Be confident in the fact that God is doing his work in you. Our confidence is in Christ. Our confidence is in his work in us. Don't put your confidence in man. Don't put your confidence in me. I will fail you. I guarantee it. I'll fail you. I'll have an attitude one day. I'll say something one day. I mean, even even in the midst of these broadcasts over the three and a half years or almost that we've been doing this now, I am sure I've had mornings where I've copped attitude. There's uh, Dr. Joan used to say attitude. Um, it's God working in us. And because of his work working in us, we press on toward the goal that God has, has put ahead of us. The goal, the, the upward call, and it, it talks about it here in, in the passage. He says uh, in verse 14, here it is. The goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The prize, the reward, the award that God offers to you in Christ. You know, I, I, I hope I will get lots of prizes when I get to heaven. And it's not because I want to go, oh, look at me. I want to have lots of prizes when I get to heaven because I want to cast them all down at Jesus' feet because it's all about him. Anything good that is accomplished through my life, I'm going to attribute to God. Anything bad or evil that's in my life, I'm going to attribute to me. I'm not even going to attribute it to Satan. I'm going to attribute it to me because I have a will, and I can be yielded to the Spirit, or I can be impacted by the onslaughts of the enemy. But I hope that in my life, and I hope that in your life, that that the the tenor of your life, the direction of your life, the engagement of your life will yield prizes. He talks about it in verse 14, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. There there are verses that talk about uh, crowns. Well, I want to cast my crowns. I want to cast my trophies. I want to cast all the prizes at the feet of Jesus because verse 14 tells us he's called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Friend, you are being called heavenward. You are not first and foremost a citizen of whatever country you live in. Now you are a citizen of heaven. You say, oh, I don't live there yet. That's not my address. Oh, yes, it is. That is your forwarding address. That is that is the place to which all the mail will go for you. He goes on and says this, and I know we've covered this. This is a little bit of rehash a little bit. He says, all of us who are mature in Christ should take such a view on things, and at some point you think differently. God will clear that up in your brain. And that's, that's a Culbertson paraphrase there. It says, God will make that clear to you. 
Only let us live up to what we've already obtained or attained, what we've been given in Christ. Let us keep living up to it. Join with others in following my example. And I would say to you, and that's Paul saying that, I would say I hope that I can set somewhat of an example for you, even in my flesh and my weakness. I hope that what you see in me is a press on toward Christ. Uh, a desire for Christ, a pursuit of Christ, a humility, a transparency, uh, and an ability to, uh, not an inability, an ability to acknowledge my failures and my sins and the fact that uh, I need Jesus every day, all the time. Verse 18. He says, for as, as I've often told you before, now saving with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I want to talk about, he talks about, he says this even again with tears. Do our hearts break for the world around us? Do our hearts break for our neighbors? Do our hearts break for our children, for our grandchildren? Do our hearts break for our co-workers? Would we sit in our church buildings and uh, have tears streaming down our faces out of burden for the lost? Friends, we, we should pray that that would be the direction of our hearts. We should pray that that would be the direction of our souls, that we would be burdened for the lost. Because Paul says it here about even... Uh, with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And, and what we do is we want to get all up in arms about those who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, but really what we should do is have hearts that are broken for them. Uh, listen, uh, politics of the last decade uh, have made America all the more combative, and Christians sometimes fall prey to that. We need to battle for the gospel. We need to battle for the souls of men, not just our political agendas. I, I, I will press hard on this issue because I, I am deeply convicted uh, that I see too many Christians on the left and the right following after political ideologies more than they follow after Christ. Christ first. Christ over. Christ under. Christ inside. Christ outside. Christ the goal, Christ the pleasure, and where politics fit in underneath that, that's where they go. We live in a mess. Our hearts should be crying for our country. Our hearts should be crying for our world. Our hearts should be crying out for the lost that don't know Christ yet. Verse 18, here he says, uh, as I've often told you before, and now say even again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. It says their destruction, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Now, what does it mean their God is their stomach? Their own appetites. That's what he's talking about. The things that they want. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Where are our minds? Let's look at another translation here. Let me pull up the the New Living Translation, and see how it renders uh, verse 19. 
Yes. Here we go. It says they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. And he's not just talking physical appetite for like chocolate pudding. He's talking about all the things that they do not be able to satiate their souls over. Earthly possessions. All those things. It says they brag about shameful things. And you know, now I, I've been in men's locker rooms before, and the things that men brag about in locker rooms, worldly men, ungodly men, uh, or in the break room, or on the job site, or wherever. And I think women do the same. I've never been in a women's locker room, never will, uh, except for when we were the visiting team. That, that's a different story, but there were not women there. We just happened to have a locker room ourselves. But anyway, you, you, you get that. It says they think only about this life here on earth. What about us? What about you? Are you thinking about more than life on this earth? I mean, we have this future prospect, this, this place of eternal escape uh, into reality because heaven is the ultimate reality. Uh, th- this, this is not the ultimate reality in which we live. He says in verse 20, these words, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives and we are, and we eagerly, we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. We're looking, we're waiting, we're hoping the, uh, the NLT. In fact, let me go back to the message and let me look at, verse 19 in the message, and see what it says. Uh, In fact, let's begin at verse 18. It says, there are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with him, even among Christians. That's my little commentary. It says, I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street, and they hate Christ's cross. But Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods, belches their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthy bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he's putting everything as it should be under and around him. That is the paraphrase of the message. Continuing to think about it for us, our citizenship is in heaven. We're eagerly awaiting Christ will return Are you ready for his return? Are you ready for him to come back? Are you ready for what he, uh, for the, for the, the clouds to part? Are you ready for, for Jesus to, to be revealed? I hope you are. I hope you're looking for that day. I hope you're waiting for that hour. I hope that that gives you hope thinking about Christ in that way. But don't do it selfishly. Help others to get ready. 
help others to get their heaven clothes on, help the help others to be clothed for Jesus, help others to fill their uh, oil lamps with oil, that when he comes back, they will be ready. Do we eagerly await a Savior? Are we ready for the appearance of the Savior? I hope so. Verse 21 says this, it says, who, uh, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly body so they'll be like his glorious body. I'm in that age range now where I compare my pills with other people's pills. How about you? We talk about our aches. We talk about our pains. We go, huh? Speak up. I can't hear you. Um, you know, we... we we press our tongues up against our teeth because our polydent has let loose. Whatever. You get the point. Um, we have cataract surgery so we can see better. All these different things. You know, our bodies just begin to give out and, and you get older. We think about these things. and You know what? Our bodies will be transformed to be like his glorious body. Remember his glorious body? His glorious body is able to appear through a wall. And his glorious body is able to ascend up to heaven. We will have a glorious body like his glorious body. We have so much to look forward to. Are you ready? Are you longing? Are you living as a citizen in heaven? Are, 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 are you living as one who's just passing temporar- temporarily through this world? Now, having said all that, it doesn't mean that we don't have uh, political responsibilities. It doesn't mean that we don't have voting responsibilities. It doesn't mean that we don't have a desire to see this world be a different thing? We do. But we do it in the prospect of the glory of Christ. We do it in, in the, the view of all that, uh, that God would have for us. We do it in the view of, of all that we're to become in Christ. We do it with eternal hope. That's how we live this life. So today, if you're discouraged, Embrace the hope that is in Christ. Today, if you're uh, discouraged, think about how we eagerly await a Savior from heaven. Today, if you're discouraged, think about how he's going to take your lowly body, your 80-year-old body, and uh, do something wonderful with it, as Walter has shared here in his comments and as Fran is sharing in her comments as well. I love what she has to say here. She says, let's eagerly share our forwarding address with others. I love that. That is good. Yes. Now, I let me just say this. I, I, I know people who have left instructions in a prominent place in their home, like maybe taped to their refrigerator or uh, on their dining room table or somewhere, it simply says, if we disappear, open this. And uh, within that, uh, there are instructions that if a whole bunch of people have disappeared, it means the rapture has happened. And if you're still here, that means you weren't a part of it. And if you're still here, that means that this is absolute, credible evidence, absolutely, that Jesus is for real and you need to trust in him. Now, depending on your uh, eschatological view, that is the big word for end times. 
if it happens that way, that means that you also would give instructions. You're about to go through a time of great tribulation. Trust Jesus. Jesus told us this would happen in the book of Revelation. You, you need to get yourself prepared to go through this time of tribulation by trusting in Jesus. And, and even after the rapture, you would be a witness for Christ in that way. But even now, even before the rapture, if, if that is in fact how things go down, uh, how the end times unfold, not as the uh, amillennialist or the postmillennialist would, would view things, that we go through all this time and then Christ appears and that's it. Um, but if, if the dispensational view, and I don't want to get all wrapped up in those words, is, is in fact correct, leave those instructions. You can reach out. I have a cousin named Linda that can tell you exactly what to write and something you would leave. But even now, talk about, we look forward, and someone might say, you seem awful chipper today. Why are you so glad? Why are you so happy? Oh, let me tell you about the new home that's being built for me. You know, we talk about the new homes that get built here uh, in, in on Earth. And they're beautiful. Um, absolutely stunning. I, I love the, the, new, the smell of new construction. We, we go and visit sometimes with uh, Stuart and Judy uh, from our church, and they live in a newer home. You walk in and you can smell uh, the smell of a fresh-built home. It's wonderful. But that doesn't even hold a, a candle, a scented candle, to the aroma of heaven and the home that is being fashioned for us there. Jesus said this in, in the book of... Uh, book of John. Let me conclude with this today. Book of John, chapter 14. In fact, let me put this in. No, I'll leave it right here in the NIV 84. It says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If we're not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Uh, There's a song, and I can't play it on the broadcast because of copyright issues. Uh, Big, big house. What a song. What a wonderful song. it's, It's a fun song. In my Father's house is big, big table with lots and lots of food. It's a fun song. You could listen to that song. It was Audio Adrenaline that did that song. I can't remember, but oh, it's it's a wonderful song. Just look up uh, In My Father's House song. I think it's Audio Adrenaline. Uh, it talks about this, and it, 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 I think it has the feel to the song of, of what we would be looking forward to with joy and anticipation. Let's press on, friends. Let's press on with hope. Let's press on with joy. Let's press on with peace. Let's press on with the perspective of what lies ahead. Lord, help us. Help us to find encouragement from your word. Help us to press on. Help us to leave yesterday behind us. Help us to leave maybe even the last hour behind us, if that's what we need to do, and press ahead in Christ with the prospect of citizenship in a brand new body, in a brand new place, in a big, big house with lots and lots of food in our Father's house. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Friends, have a great day. We'll pick up uh, tomorrow, Philippians chapter 4. Have a good day, everyone.